good internet and welcome to two guys in sharepoint the only sharepoint show in south africa where everything is not made up and there are no points almost forgot your lines there al i did not i did not i actually when i spoke to heather newman who will be on our show at, at ignite um, i'm I tried to remember the whole intro and I actually forgot my line. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the first time that this has happened though. Yeah. So good to chat to you again, Al. It's been a little while. Uh, lots of travel. Um, it's that time of the year. There's a lot of travel coming up. There's a lot of conferences coming up, which we'll delve into in a bit. And just trying to get our schedule sorted with, we've got a bunch of guests that are lining up to come onto the show and it's just finding time with them that, that's proving um, to be a problem. The one thing, and I'll, I think we've spoken about this before, is that there still is no application that will provide you with the right production value when it comes to audio via a WebEx or a GoToMeeting or Skype. They have to encode it somehow to to get it to fit across the internet at reasonable speeds to actually have a conversation. Um, so there's always some compression there, and uh, that does reduce quality. But uh, we can work around that. Like, the interviews we've done across Skype have been fine. Uh, well, if I've got the go-ahead from you, then we can do more of those. Yeah, no, that's that's all good. All right, so we don't have a guest on this week because we're planning out the next two weeks' worth of interviewees, and we'll have a bumper edition um, coming out not next week, probably the following week. So we might even keep the show under 40 minutes then. Wow, wouldn't that be crazy? And just on keeping the show under 40 minutes, yes. apparently we have a new target market. Okay. Millennials choose podcasts as their learning platform of choice over blogging. I've always been a big fan of podcasts. I like uh, I like our one. I like our conversational atmosphere. Um, I get a lot of really cool information of my podcasts. Where you know you can you can listen to a podcast while you're driving or doing something else. Very difficult to read a blog post while you're driving. But that's exactly it. And it's not so much in South Africa because we struggle with public transport system. Although if you look at people getting onto the Gau train, everyone's got earphones. Everyone's listening to something. And in any country in the world that has a subway or a decent rail system uh, for public transport, this is very evident. In Europe, everyone's on the train with headphones, either listening to music, watching some YouTube video, or now that we know that the survey's been done, millennials sitting on podcasts and using podcasts to promote their personal brand. Very cool. So, welcome to the millennials. Where, did, yeah. where, where is that cut off? Do I count as a millennial? No, 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 no. You're not a millennial. Um, I think it's from the 80s or something. I'm 84. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually don't know. Well, that's something to that look at. That makes up. me really old. <laughs> you must be because I feel really old. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, but you've got grandfather here. You like um, Gandalf. <laughs> it's not grey yet. So cut you, you'll feel, you'll feel younger. Anyhow, moving on uh, to our usual in the news segment. What have you got listed for us today, Mr. Modlin? Okay, well, we'll chat about the 
event coming up a little later. First up in the news, Microsoft has started some major changes to their their premier customer support program. So this is Microsoft's support program for large enterprises, and it's been the same and super arcane and very difficult to understand for the longest time, and they're they're sort of revamping the whole system. It's rolling out in the States and Europe at the moment, I think. Um, and they've got this new offering, which is unified support. So is, is this to replace the premier support stuff? Yes. So under the premier support stuff, you'd have a support contract sort of for every application that they're supporting, which is a huge mission. And now all their customers are going into the cloud and all these hybrid scenarios and the stuff gets a little wonky. So they've started offering unified support, which you have one contract with Microsoft and they'll support a range of of products and scenarios. So if you are on Microsoft's Premier support program, it's not rolling out in South Africa yet, but might be a good time to go look that up. I know Mary Jo Foley on allaboutmicrosoft.com has quite a good article about it. Go check what the differences are and, and what you can expect to be rolling out here at some point in the future. Well, we've, we've seen that entire thing come through now since Microsoft announced that there's a reshuffle in the partner program and the partner network, and it's starting to filter through to South Africa um, as of June, July this year. We've seen quite a, quite a change the developer experience team no longer exists and those resources have been moved into different areas. Some people have actually left, surprisingly enough, yeah, um, which is not necessarily a good thing, but we're seeing that change come through. And I'm hoping what Microsoft is doing is for the better for both the partner ecosystem as well as users of the, and companies of the solution. Yeah, anything they can do. I mean, we've talked about this before about their licensing but anything they can do to simplify um, these enterprise agreements and that sort of stuff can only benefit. And I'm glad that they are cleaning up this sprawl that is licensing, um, which has always been a big concern for when you buy products. I've got customers that moving to the cloud and then once they've gotten through this bridge licensing thing, um, all of a sudden... The next thing you know, the following year, they get hit with a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar true up because their partner didn't structure the necessary licensing at the beginning of their transition correctly. Yeah. And speaking of cleaning things up and consolidating everything, Microsoft is also made available .NET Core 2.0. So you can go get the new .NET framework. Um, it is up yeah. and available. Um, so their whole mission statement here is they want to make uh, .NET Core and make it available and on multiple platforms, basically. The end goal is you can code .NET and it'll work basically anywhere. Um, so they're moving towards that, consolidating a bunch of the APIs together and that sort of thing. So if you are in dev, the new APIs are up, all the documentation's up, you can go check that out. And that's an interesting thing. We've actually got a customer um, in the, in Bahrain, and we're building quite a big, um, we're rewriting one of their systems, and they've opted to go with .NET Core um, as the platform of choice to building this new environment. So it's, it's interesting that it's gaining such huge momentum with developers. 
Yeah, I mean, it is from, I'm not a dev myself, but from what I've heard, it is quite a cool platform and it works quite nicely and Microsoft is supporting it quite nicely. I mean, I don't know how these people deal with all these uh, API changes and whatever that keep happening, but uh, smarter guys than me, I suppose. Well, remember we had Andrew Connell on one one month or one week and he talked about the tool chain and all of those things. Yeah. My brain doesn't function like that, but I'm assuming it works on the same premises. Okay. It's a it's not a huge deviation from the norm and making things a little bit easier. Microsoft has started listening to developers and their requests and now they've built out um, the additional functionality for them to utilize the way they envisage it being utilized. Yep. Next on the list, Mr. Modlin, you've got quite a few things here. Yeah, I've got quite a bit more. Um, Windows 10 S is available for insiders if you want to test it. So this is um, Windows 10, but very much locked down to, I suppose, the modern apps. Much easier for a lineup of managed devices. So if you as a business are providing managed devices to your staff, Windows 10 S is a lot easier to manage because it doesn't, for instance, run Win32 apps and that sort of thing. So you can really lock down what what it's doing. Um, and if you want to go have a look at that, you can go check it online now. There isn't an ISO available, but there is an installer. So you'd want to back up whatever, put it onto separate hardware, that sort of thing. It does run on some of the Surface devices and that sort of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how this plays and where it goes. I think it could be quite interesting for enterprise. Well, that's really where it started when Microsoft released the Surface laptops. All Surface laptops, by default, ship with Windows 10 S. So it's a new take on what Windows RT was, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And that's pretty much the way they are approaching things now. So you, when a lot of people had issues with it. RT wasn't full-blown. You couldn't deploy EXEs. Same thing with uh, Windows 10S. Everything's around. What's in the App Store? Yeah, it's different, RT though, because the RT infrastructure could not run Win32 apps. Windows 10S is just a flavor of Windows 10. So it's got all the same bits on it. If you buy Windows 10 Pro, after having installed Windows 10S, you put in the license key and it automatically turns on those features. There's no... So it's like Windows, it's like Home Edition or something. Yeah, pretty much. I'll be interested to see what's actually running on on, on Windows 10S as when you purchase it, because people were complaining it's not full-blown. A lot of things can't do you and all of these things. So yeah. I actually, um, I definitely want to have a look at it next month at Ignite um, to have a squiz on, on what the capabilities are, or maybe even spin up a, a VM and run it inside the VM to see that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a very much less fully featured than full Windows, um, but a lot of that sort of doesn't matter. It depends what you're using your device for. I mean, look at yeah. Chromebooks, you know, that Chromebooks yeah. have no functionality. You can run nothing on it. It's purely, you know, web apps, that sort of stuff. And you can do all of that on windows 10 s so it's it's a thing it's it, it has its place in the world yeah i'm wondering what the licensing model is going to be like for windows 10 s so uh, are you going to see it on other notebooks outside of the surface laptops 
I think, yeah, like, I think probably what, like, it'll be the free windows, right? You know, we've been speculating for a while that at some point, Windows is going to be free. You know, it's not, the the OS is not something people really expect to buy anymore. They're not, they're not going to be like, oh, there's a new Windows version, I must go buy it, sort of thing. Um, it's not the cornerstone of Microsoft's profits like it used to be all that sort of stuff. And you want to get as many people onto the platform as possible. And the way you do that is you make it free. So my little completely uninformed prediction is Windows 10S will probably be free. When you buy a laptop, you'll get Windows 10S. It'll be free. And then if you want to run other stuff on it, you can pay whatever and upgrade it to full-blown Windows. It makes complete sense. It also drive the price down of, of hardware. Which yeah. is good. Which is great, yeah. At an OEM level, yeah. All right, moving on. I think this is my bits now. Yes. Um, we've actually covered the, the Microsoft restructure, uh, so, which we mentioned as part of the, the premier customer support program changing. So uh, Satya has done amazing things over the last three years for Microsoft. He's driving to where they are right now. Um, they're pushing heavily into uh, countries that they've never been in before. We know that we're getting a data center next year. Australia is getting data centers as well. So they're really taking, he's really being at the helm, he's taking Microsoft um, to the masses, so to speak. And yes, there's a lot of restructure going on and we're still, we're still seeing that come through. But I think it's for, it's, it, it is definitely for the, for the betterment of how they, they position the product and how they sell the product. And one of the products that they have pulled is GigJam. So GigJam has been pulled, although it's still sitting in your tenant. If you go to your settings, you get your add-ins um, inside the Office 365 tenant. There's still a tab that says GigJam Preview. Have you used GigJam, uh, Modlin? No, I never really did. I looked at it for a little while. It was, um, I think originally it was one of the Microsoft Garage projects. It was a collaboration tool that um, gave you a simple interface to share and collaborate on documents and line of business data and all of that sort of thing in one place. It was interesting. Um, never really got a push from Microsoft. Um, and like you say, it was in preview, never left preview. So obviously there wasn't a hell of a lot of interest. Maybe there were some technical issues. I don't know. I didn't really hear anything about it. But yeah, they announced that it's it's gone. Um, which I don't think anybody's hell of a sad about. I don't know anybody who was using it. Do you? No, it's, it's, and it's just a, just over a year old. Yeah. Um, when they introduced it, it looked pretty and stuff, but it lacked features. I think I did spin it up sometime last year. I had a look at it and said, well, okay. Um, and it was supposed to work on, on any device and um, provide you with that collaborative ecosystem, which they now are more likely driving OneDrive for that conversation than actually, and Teams um, for that. Did you know, by the way, on Teams, that Teams, when it spins up, when you create a, a team, it creates a plan, it, it creates an Office 365 group, and it creates a group inside of Stream. Does it do that all automatically? I know if you open, yep. if you add a tab in Teams, it'll create those for you. I don't know that it's... No, 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 it does it. I, does I literally it spun up a team okay. last week, and we went to go look at when you spin up a team, what are the other things that it creates? And because 
stream sits on top of Office 365 groups. When you create a team, it creates a team site and it creates a Office 365 group, which then creates everything else. Cool. Yeah, like so it, it looks like the, it, it, it's sort of the the starting point. I'm really seeing it more and more as the dashboard that you use to hook into all the other collaboration tools. What's this team? Yeah. Well, we're still waiting for them to let us know when external um, access will be available for for teams. Yeah, that's that's going to come. The, well, we've, Ignite is around the corner, less than what's it, three weeks away. Yeah, a month today, Ignite will end. So it's three weeks, just over three weeks away from where we are today. Maybe that will be where they announce it. If I was them, I would I would hang on to it for that, probably. I think that's what they've done, because it was supposed to come out end of June, beginning of July. And I mean, that's what, July, August, September, three months away. And we're all looking forward to the some announcements, the tech announcements coming from Microsoft at Ignite. Speaking of events, are, are we moving on to the events component or is there any more technical stuff? Because we live for what happens in the Office 365 message center and whatever new functionalities launch for Microsoft. And the pickings have been slow over the last two, three weeks. Yeah, I think we can go straight into the into the events. All right. So uh, first and foremost, Microsoft Ignite, for those who do not know what it is, it's Microsoft's largest technology conference on the planet. Well, it is it Ignite in North America? Because New Zealand, Australia also get Ignited. Do you know that? I didn't. Yes. That side of the planet gets Ignite. We don't. We've got a tech summit coming up in February. That'll be cool. Next year. Yeah, it's the 13th, 14th of Feb next year. Um, so like it was this year, uh, it's another one and a very successful one that they had last year. You, I remember you saying something about uh, 1,400 people uh, for this year's Tech Summit. That was in Feb. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds like something. That sounds like oh, something I would have leading. said. <laughs> but leading up to... Tech Summit 2018, we still have a few local events. And we'll talk a bit more about Ignite um, after we've gone through this. Uh, October is SharePoint Saturday month. And Mondland, apparently you are presenting. Am I really? I haven't checked my dashboard for a while. I know I put in a couple I, I put in a couple like things. Your, and... approach, your, your gamification approach to Office 365. So I think you pipped to um, being presented presenting that at SharePoint Saturday, Johannesburg. Sweet. That, that's the one I really wanted to present because that's going to be a fun yeah. that's going to be a fun presentation. So before we get into SharePoint Saturday, we also have to talk about SQL Saturday, kicking off this Saturday in, at Bryanston, Microsoft in Bryanston, uh, SQL Saturday, Johannesburg, and then there's Cape Town and Durban as well the following Saturday. So from September all the way till the end of October, you will be able to attend pretty much any of these events on a Saturday in South Africa, be it Durban, Johannesburg, and Cape Town. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm super stoked about SQL Saturday in Joburg. Last year, it was a resounding success. Um, they added another 60% to the attendance from the year before. And strangely enough, I'm actually doing a session on Power Apps and Flow um, and how to get... SQL data or surface SQL data through Pipes and Flow for SQL Saturday on Saturday. Sweet. So coming back to SharePoint Saturday, it's our favorite time of the year, October. SharePoint Saturday Durban will be on the 7th 
of October and it will be at Derivco. We've got a new venue this year. Very excited about that. Big auditorium. Lots of cool stuff happening. Um, we've actually grown out of the, the last year's uh, venue, which was at Varsity College. We had people standing in the corridors when we did the keynote. So we're moving on and we're doing it at Derivco. Very excited about that. Super cool. From there, we go to SharePoint Saturday Johannesburg on the 14th of October. It's at Bryanston, well, it's in Bryanston, at Microsoft at Bryanston. Same as last year, same as the last two years. Very excited, great venue. We've also added an Azure and an Office 365 track. So come along because everything is going Microsoft 365. We will be covering the full spectrum of technologies there. And then from there, we actually drive and do our yearly road trip. This year, we're including going to Bloemfontein on the Monday, East London on the Tuesday, and Port Elizabeth on the Wednesday before we culminate SharePoint Saturday month of October at SharePoint Saturday Cape Town on the 21st. So from you'll start receiving mailers um, from the team the 4th of September, which is on Monday around your invites and what's happening, who the speakers are, who the sponsors are, and um, September is the promo month for SharePoint Saturdays in South Africa. Sweet. Yeah, SharePoint Saturday is my favorite time of the year. Love them. Well, have you replaced October with the name SharePoint Saturday? So do you go from September to SharePoint Saturday and then you go to November? Because that would mean you really love it, Morgan. Yeah, you know, I haven't done that before, but that just might be, that might just be me this year. I think you should appeal to the Oxford Dictionary to replace the month of October with SharePoint Saturday. Makes sense to me. Okay, great. Last but not least, um, we're still on the topic of Ignite. Are you not going this year, Modlin? No. No, not this year. But you will be there, though. You will be there. I, I will be there at least in spirit and hopefully by telecon. We're doing something super cool. We are doing a live two guys in SharePoint from Ignite in front of a live studio audience. Oh, it's so epic, mate. So epic. Going to be so super epic, cool. yes. So you're going to be there yeah, we'll, on site um, with a couple of be. fantastic guests, and I will hopefully be through the power of the internet there as well. That's correct. So if you are attending Microsoft Ignite and you're building out your schedule, we will probably be on the Tuesday, um, not the, the the day after the big live shows, and uh, we will announce our guest uh, probably next week around what we will be talking about and it will be specific to teams and what impact teams is having on the industry and we'll be discussing that with a few uh, valued guests sweet looking yeah, so you'll have to, to uh, call in and yeah it's going to be exciting so if you're not at ignite you'll be able to grab the live stream that information will come through to you probably in the next week or two. If you are at Ignite, come around to the podcast center, register, well, you'll be able to hit your uh, schedule builder. Please register because seating is limited. Always wanted to say that. Uh (laughs) Seating is limited, mate. Cool, bro. So exciting. And you will obviously be be calling in. um, That is the plan. Yes. Uh, that's fully produced by Microsoft. Very exciting. Speaking about Ignite, um, I will also be running around as a 
Microsoft Ignite Community Reporter. We can finally talk about this. Um, we were under embargo until the announcements went out yesterday morning. And we will be coming to you live from Ignite. There's 10 speakers. Um, well, 10 in speakers slash um, reporters because we've all got other gigs there as well. And there will be a schedule where you can catch us. We'll also be presenting our own stuff. So two guys in SharePoint will be represented there through the regarding Office 365 team because that will also be there. The site will go up shortly. Reoffice365.tv where you can grab our schedule. And myself and Daryl Webster from uh, New Zealand will be running around and we'll be interviewing a bunch of people, talking to speakers, talking to the delegates doing uh, panel post-mortems, um, in-focus spotlights, chatting to the exhibitors and any new product launches, because we know there's a lot of new product launches coming out of, out of Ignite, not only from Microsoft, but there's also some really, really cool products coming out from all the partners, um, the ISVs and those guys. So it's going to be super exciting week full of crazy, crazy, crazy information over there. And we'll probably be able to take that and run the Two Guys in SharePoint podcast for the rest of the year just based on the announcements that are going to come out of Microsoft. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be exciting. And it's super cool you get to run around and do all that stuff, Al. That's sweet. It's going to be tiring, mate. It's up at, at 6 in the morning in front of the cameras. I've got to put makeup on. I've got to make sure that I drink honey the night before so that I don't have a hoarse voice. And then that runs up all the way to five. And then from there, we still go to the Ignite meetups afterwards. I'll be judging this year's Meta Hero contest where it's part of the MetaLogics MetaFest event at Ignite. So you get to submit who you think is a Meta Hero person that has contributed a lot to the community, also a technical expert. And as part of the adjudication panel, we will select a, a few uh, people, uh, there will be a winner and I think two runner-ups, and they'll receive awards at the Metafest party on Wednesday at Ignite. So that's also very exciting. Super cool. And now moving along, is that it for the news? I think that's all we have for the news. Yeah, we'll keep the OneDrive segment for next week because that's a, a big topic I'd like to have a decent conversation around. Cool. We'll dive deep next week. Anyhow, moving along um, into our next segment, and this is the 41st, so this is so this is week or episode two of our new segments that are coming into fruition right now. So new features I did not know of the week. And this really covers things that I start working with um, that I get knocked down a bit by because nobody reads the manual anymore. Yeah. And Martin, I'm not going to be able to upload my recording to our usual area because I'm locked out of my tenant. Seriously? Yeah. So I enabled MFA, and this is what I want to talk to um, everyone about right now, is when you go into Azure and you start flipping switches around um, locking down content, uh, multi-factor authentication, be careful what you do. I have only one um, way to verify who I am because I didn't do SMS plus an email, I just did SMS or call, and I did not enable roaming on my cell phone <laughs> or on my mobile number when I left. So I switched it on, tried to log into the tenant, and it wants to send me a text that I cannot receive because I haven't enabled it. Uh, what I should have made sure was that text, call, as well as an email. 
So be wary about that. When you start flipping switches in Azure for MFA and all of those things, that you do it correctly and you don't lock yourself out. Because even your admin account... You, you do need proper planning and know exactly what you're doing before you start fiddling. But unless you're leaving the country, it shouldn't be much of an issue. All right. Yeah, it should. Um, when I get back, I can actually log into uh, my tenant again <laughs> with confidence. Oh, what a muppet. All right. That, that's my new feature um, of the week that I didn't know about. And um, yeah, <laughs> be careful. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen to Uncle Ben, everybody. Yeah. Sweet. So next up. next up is my segment, Go With The Flow. Ooh. And this week on Go With The Flow, I had planned to go to list all the different actions we could do in in SharePoint with in Flow with regards to SharePoint. But there was a little bit of new functionality added to Flow. So I thought we'd discuss it here. And that is that Flow has recently added support for SharePoint document library properties. In inside of Flow. So you can now, when you're dealing with a SharePoint document library, you can now check on the document library properties and metadata properties and change them as well. So you can run flows Ooh. based on uh, when the document was last modified or, or, or that sort of thing, which is cool. Which oh, that's nice. It's very cool. Yeah. So it was only at a list level then, though. It was never at a document library level. You could deal with document libraries, but it wouldn't pull through all of the library properties. Now they've okay. now they've worked that out, and you can deal with all the library properties. So, created by, modified, date, created date, all that sort of jazz. So if you were if you were waiting for that to to build a specific flow, that is now available to you, which is pretty cool. Okay. I still have an issue with the contextual awareness of flow, so it's run by people, not by a service account. Yes, that is that is still a thing. It does sort of fit with Microsoft's uh, vision for it. It is very much a power user tool. This is they've said repeatedly. This is not a replacement for a Nintex or a K two. Um, it is not going to do that sort of enterprise wide workflow platform it's very much a power user focused i can use this to make my life easier my job easier and i can build these speaking of which do you know that if you have a microsoft account not necessarily a office 365 subscription or anything if you have a microsoft account flow is free you can yes if you have a microsoft got pricing now though pipes and flow have got pricing now it's not free anymore. There's a freemium version, yes. Yes. And then there's they've a free- actually got pricing plans now. Yeah. So, but you, you get a certain price. number of flows just for free. Oh, and you can build one. templates. But you're saying and... it's, extended to, it's extending it to now to a live account or a Outlook account. Yeah. Outlook.com account or a Hotmail account. Um, I'm pretty sure. Well, that would be a Microsoft account. Though. Yes. It's a Microsoft account. You need a Microsoft account. But then if you have a Microsoft account, you have Flow. You might not be able to hook into yeah. SharePoint because you don't have it or whatever, but Correct. you can use it for personal automation. Yeah, it's like IFTTT. It's the same thing. Yeah. That's super cool. It's neater. Yeah. All right. Is that it, Mr. Modlin? Is that it for us? Yes, I think that does it for us this week. Thank you all very much for listening to us this week. 
If you would like to get hold of us, you can find us online at our website, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. We're also on Twitter, at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter, at oddmodlin. L is? At Alistair Pugin. And you can find us on your podcast app of choice. If you search for Two Guys in SharePoint, all one word. One word. That's one word. <laughs> and that will come up for you there. So, yeah. Cool. All Thank right, you, Mr. Waldlin, Is that it? That's it, man. Good chatting to you. And I'll chat to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. change the name two guys in microsoft i will discuss it offline because we can't call it office 365 because it's changed two guys in 365 yeah maybe although i like sharepoint we should keep sharepoint it's got historical value (laughs) yeah we'll discuss it